0: er Robot and the Bear 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 with Candy Bolton. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, I missed those intros.
2: Yeah, welcome to a uh, Robot and the Bear podcast. I'm Eric Nakamura. I'm Luke Chu. <laughs> I'm we're
1: Candy with Candy Bolton. Bolton.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: welcome everybody. Uh,
0: yes, we're um we're we I think uh we've we've kind of decided that like, you know, this is, this is it. This is is going to be a a Zoom thing. It's going to be online because I think the last time we did it, last time we had, um, you know, miss uh, Kelly Kelly sucks. sucks. And it was just a a technological catastrophe. It was, it was mayhem. And we kind of, I think we realized that, like, you know, Zoom is the way to go, even though all three of us right now are in Los Angeles. All right. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, yes. Because the reason why we're all here in Los Angeles is because of Candy Bolton showing at a giant robot gallery. Yes. Congratulations <laughs> on the show. It was amazing. Thank
3: you. Yeah, thanks it, it was, for being there at the opening.
0: It was it was a very different show from um, I think what most people you know. I, I, it feels like you've been building up this you know developing this new kind of sexy girl um, style for a couple of years now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think it started
3: with Animal Crossing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, uh, yeah, I, I I was there during in the conce- during the conception of it, um, yeah. and because you know it's it's I w- I was looking at the show and I thought to myself, you know, when Eric set the show up, he, Eric must have like because it was um with Mr. Leo, uh, Frontini, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I did. and um and you know you see the work that he's showing, you know, it's it's beautiful, and his um half of the show is also beautiful and very painterly like and then you think about like older candy bolton andy older candy bolton stuff and it would have segued into each other you know like pretty fluidly because there was that very high detailed um surrealistic kind of you know aspect to um your older work but then like it was just like Sexy girls and then <laughs> surrealism, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, I think I used to I, do I, more from, of
3: like pop surrealist style for sure.
0: But you know, and from my I I understand, there was supposed to be a third artist that could have worked as a segue, but it didn't. I guess it didn't work out.
2: Yeah, or fourth even. But then uh, I think it was can't I, I think what happened. I remember what happened was Leo was making a lot of work, and then I think Candy was. I remember you said you were pretty like you were hustling too so i was like okay Mm -hmm. let's just drop anybody else and uh which i didn't have anybody else booked yet anyway but i was going to and i thought oh i think this two can just handle it and it's even better that way i'm Mm -hmm. happier this way i don't know if you are but i was happier this way so (laughs) i was kind of into the idea of just having two people and having them kind of different and that's okay i different enough but both painting and there's still similarities actually you know, but in terms of maybe the ideas, some of the concepts, but I overall, I just think it's it's better this way. Two people too similar would just be really, maybe that'd be worse. You know,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. like having a um two artists with two you know distinct voices, you know, definitely makes it more interesting. I guess this isn't it's just it's, just, it's just still an interesting show regardless, and. You know, Leo does do a lot of feminine characters, so you know. But um, how how was it for you? You also you you also sh- showcase some uh, of the toys that um, that you've created.
3: Um, yeah, that was. Um, I almost didn't bring any toys, but Eric suggested it. He thought it would be a little strange if I didn't have any toys featured, and I'm really glad that. He made that suggestion, and I happened to do those, I think, like, the last two weeks that I had to prepare for the show, mm. but those, I think, ended up being, like, uh, some of people's favorite pieces from the show, because the bakizame seemed to be pretty popular. Which one's that? So, that, that is the, um, the clear soft vinyl toy that has the shark head on it that was in the mm. show. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when our, you know, future editor would insert a photo of the,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, the, the toy. So, you know, you, but that
2: that's part of a series, right? Because it was a, was it a Bake Kujira before and,
3: yeah, yeah like so it's there, part of a series, yeah. That was a larger toy that was baki Kujira, and I wanted to make a smaller version that had more joints and so it could like move its arms and stuff. Because the original design was more of like a sculpture. It was something that you like wouldn't really play with. You just put it on your shelf. So the idea behind this one is that it was, it had more playability to it and it has two different heads. So there's one that is still like the Bakekujira character, the whale head, or like, it's kind of like a narwhal, narwhal because it has like the horn on it. And then I made a different like shark head character for it as well. But that one's been out for like about three years, I think, maybe more. Now it's hard to keep track.
0: Oh, there's still to man. I mean, the the I mean, the thing about Safubi is that you are able to do small runs, and so, you know, you're not, you know, smashing out a thousand of them at a time. Or are you?
3: Not me, but I mean, <laughs> some people might be.
0: <laughs> so like you're, you're you know you're you're doing you're but you're doing batches of these and then um, you know embellishing them and then throw, throwing them out into the world right
3: yeah i usually do very small runs of my toys i i think i get really bored if i have to paint the same paint style too many times mm-hmm. so i, I like it, to change it up
2: i i kind of forget how you no know, there's levels to everything so there's i mean i could name it people who make sofubi with no color no paint right it's just the color of the sofu bee and you run with it mm-hmm. candys has like a very uh elaborate paint job um using uh, masks and i didn't realize i was like you know i don't really think about how people paint things and uh, can you talk about that just a little bit i know there's like uh, masks and i didn't even know how those worked until you explained it once and i was like oh my gosh so neat
3: yeah i started playing with this idea of using masking tape and um you can just use like a normal like thing of tape and like wrap it around which is better with like if it's a very smooth design without much detail like a robot or something then you can like actually put just tape around it and then it's like now there's a line that goes through the paint um, but I've been using big plain sticker sheets they're like Tamiya masking sheets and then I design I make the designs for the shapes in Illustrator, and then I use a Cricut Maker to cut out those shapes. And then I keep layering on those different shapes on top of each other to create different like patches of paint colors. Um, So when I'm putting the sticker over a certain color of paint, I'm basically saying like preserve that color of paint right there in this shape of like, uh, usually I do like Sakura flowers. but in this case, I was doing like the little sparkle thing. Um, and then it allows me to have like that really cool, like sharp detail that looks almost like hand-painted. And it cuts down on time for me because I'm not actually hand-painting it. I'm using a sticker. And then I can also layer in different types of paint. So I'll do like a sparkle that's like a gradient of paint to yellow. And then right next to it will be a sparkle that's in metallic gold paint. And then on top of all of that, then I do like the background color too. And actually the background color is the last step of the process for me. Most people think that that's like the first thing that I do, but it's the very last part of it.
0: So do you, when you, um, when you're, when you're applying your masks on, do you have a like like do you have it pretty well mapped out like how exactly you want to put these designs onto the thing or are you just kind of winging it
3: i'm just winging it i don't know how it's going to turn out like um i just start with a gradient color usually something that i think would be fun to do or maybe like some colors that i haven't done yet and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but like even if i'm not super in love with the end result people will usually still like how it looks so mm. it it just works out somehow
2: what, what about the masking oh sorry about that there's masking that you do for like uh is it the f- like finger fingernails or is it teeth and stuff like teeth maybe like yeah. that's not that's not just using masking tape that you have a different mask for that right
3: yeah so those um are usually when the factory is painting my toys and then they have what are called like metal paint masks and that is actually like a manufactured paint mask for the toy so that when you place that metal mask over it like it only leaves like just the teeth exposed so then you can just like hit it with an airbrush and then it paints like just the teeth
2: how do you do that like is that something you have to ask for or is that just a or is that just really well, complicated? Because you can't do I've, that on your own, right? You have to you have to get that made at a different factory, maybe.
3: I've seen some people kind of make their own, I think using like different types of clay and stuff. You can kind of just like form it over the toy and do that and then find a way to like pull it off in one piece. Um oh or God. maybe you have to like, <laughs> you know, like put it together or something. But that is not very durable. And obviously if it's a metal one, then it's like going to last you ideally forever, but they are like really thin pieces of metal. So over time, like if you drop it, you know, it could get bent and then it might not like fit perfectly around whatever like curvature of the toy. Um, So you have to be, you still have to be like pretty gentle with them, but those metal paint masks, you have to get manufactured usually in, um, Japan or China, um, I usually just work through whatever factory I'm having the toy produced at. They will help me find, like, the person who makes the paint masks and get that done wow. for me. I just have to tell them, like, what parts I need them for, and then they'll get it done. But it's not cheap, and it takes, uh, it, it's not quick either <laughs> to get those mm-hmm. back. And then usually when you have those metal... Masks, you will want to keep it at the factory so that they can do factory painted runs for you. But if you want to use them yourself, then they'll like, you know, ship them back to you, or maybe you'll make like two sets of them. But, you know, then it obviously gets pretty pricey.
0: How much uh, on the average do, you, like, I mean, I'm assuming that the, the middle mask, because I don't recall seeing, uh, you, uh, you were posting a lot of videos of work in progress things uh, for this last show. Um, But I might have missed the video where I saw where you were employing these metal masks. Did you post one or?
3: Um, No, so I don't have any in my possession, actually. Um, The ones that I have for my Kitsura toy, those are at the factory. Mm -hmm. And I was considering getting like a second set made for myself, but Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten around to that yet. But I did get to, I got a chance to use some. When I was at um, a friend's factory and he let me do like a painted run of his toy so I got to try mm-hmm. out using those mill masks and it's funny because they make those with the intention of uh, speeding up the process but even though it does uh, it does make it quite a bit easier but there's still like a little tricks to it where like, if you do it wrong, then you know, you mess up and then it, you have to redo it and everything. Um, so it's also quite a tedious process involved in that.
0: Mm. You know, I've, I've never had, uh, you know, very good luck with um, masking uh, for, you know whether it's my own customs uh, or customs of my own toys or, you know, in like my hobbying, which is scale modeling. And um, I always kind of feel like paint inevitably seeps underneath the tape. Mm. Um, is that, do you think that's the byproduct of just me not applying the tape well enough? Or is it me, you know, putting the can or the, you know the, the aerosol paint too close, uh, too close to the, um, the surface of the, the subject that I'm painting?
3: So you're usually painting like Gundam model kits. So what type of plastic are they made out of? Uh,
0: those are polystyrene.
3: So I don't have much experience painting those. It might be a different process. Um, and I could see how maybe uh, the paint could like easily run underneath the sticker masking in that case. Uh, maybe there's like a fixative you need to use before you're using it.
0: Yeah, so I was just thinking about it to myself, and I figured I'd ask you simply because of the fact that you work with airbrushes and Mm -hmm. aerosolated paints, and I was thinking, well, maybe the problem is, is that I'm trying too hard to get it all done in one shot, and maybe if I just kind of patiently dusted the paint onto the surfaces, the paint would dry before it has a chance to... Um, like
3: get too watery and see Yeah, and it. bleed. Yeah. and
0: bleed. Like that's uh, the thing the, about airbrushing, right? Like airbrushing is all about the control of the paint, um, of the atomized paint. Um, you can be able to put little sprays versus big heavy, like spray cans, spray um spray mm-hmm. can sprays, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, because you have way more control over an airbrush. Mm. Yeah, but uh, also it's a type of paint that you're using because like when I'm doing my sticker masking, I'm using vinyl paint on top of vinyl. So the Mm. vinyl paint is like intended to be used with the vinyl and it like sticks better to it. So mm. maybe you need to use a paint that adheres better to the surface, or maybe you're like thinning it too much because that would be too watery.
0: I'm using I'm I'm literally just pulling like Tamiya cans, you know, um can little those little mini Tamiya cans. Oh, you're using
2: they, spray cans, not an airbrush kit.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because oh, I'm,
3: aerosol can.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm I think about what it takes to like clean an airbrush and I get super discouraged
3: (laughs) yeah there was like a big learning curve with that for me because I remember the first time I had to like really get in there and like take it all apart because there was a clog in it Mm. and it was kind of nerve-wracking because I was like wait now I have to remember how to like put it back together but now I've Mm. done that like so many times that it's like I can never forget that um but it is it's messy and yet it's toxic and it's uh bad to get on your skin, it's bad for you to inhale it. Um say so like having all of the safety precautions in mind is annoying too.
1: Do you
0: have um what kind of spray booth are you using?
3: I just have a homemade one, but I'm trying to get like a really nice metal one from Hong Kong. I hope that I can save up enough money and finally get one. Um I want the kind How much that's the, like the- how much well, do they cost? Yeah,
0: I'm curious. Like, um, just like in, in general, like, because the only spray booths that I'm familiar with are like the master airbrush spray booth that, you know, <laughs> is about, you know, so big.
3: So the kind that you see in like v factories that the professionals are using and stuff, they're professionally made for them. Um, so you have to give the size specifications and they'll build it for you. It's made out of metal. Mm-hmm. And um so it depends on what size you're getting but also like the best part about these booths is that they have like a waterfall in the back and so that like pulls in the particles into the water and so you don't have like dust you know going everywhere that you have to like clean up and like scrape off of your booth it all gets like collected by the water and it goes I think there's like some kind of like filter system and stuff so that's what I want it is really like easy cleanup and um, it, I think it like helps uh, prevent the particles from like going into the air and everything. So maybe you don't need to wear a mask so much like around it. I would probably still wear a respirator when I'm using it, but right. I think it would like you know make the air like significantly cleaner too. Um, and those are pricey, obviously, because they're uh, made to order. You specify the size, and they make it for you, and then. I think I'd be ordering it from Hong Kong and they would need to like ship it to me. I mean, it's probably like, I'm guessing it's going to be around like 5,000.
1: Oh, wow. Mm, wow. wow. But it's something That's that like I
3: really want and I, I would use it, you know, I like all the time.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. Wow. I, 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 didn't, I never knew that kind of thing existed. Um,
2: yeah. That sounds cool. That's the way to go. It yeah. seems like you, you should have all that stuff though, because, uh, I mean, I know there's people that paint with airbrush, and they paint Sofubi here, but I don't know. It just seems like um, the people that do it, I mean, there's not tons that I know of. It just seems like most people I know still, they they make the toy, it's already painted. They're not doing that much custom work to it, and every time I hear about the custom work, it's always somebody overseas, or it's Mark Nagata, or somebody like that, but I don't hear about it too much, so it just seems like, I don't know. Awesome! You should have that stuff, you know. If you can get it, you should get it. If anybody should have it, it should be you. So, yes. <laughs> cool. yeah. make it happen, Candy Bolton. Yeah, Candy Bolton. <laughs> yeah,
3: have I'm it. trying. We're, we're rooting soon. for you. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, like the pandemic made things difficult too, because of like supply chain issues, and then making like shipping more expensive, and not being able to get things shipped like from certain com- so from certain countries in particular. So. It just made everything a bit harder, but I hope that I can get one, like maybe this year, maybe next year. I don't know.
0: So you were telling you were, you were talking about you had mentioned that the current direction that this show is um, is is inspired by the um, you know the experiments you were doing through the Animal Crossing. Um, uh, drawings that you had done. And there's some videos on YouTube um, there that, that are great because um, that document you actually making these drawings. And it's literally just finger drawing on a tiny, you know, Nintendo Switch screen. Um, like, was this... a a super conscious decision to kind of switch to switch things up to switch directions um with what you wanted to do with your art
1: well
3: it it just happened on animal crossing because i thought it was funny (laughs) like i really had fun it was i don't know i just really enjoyed drawing on the bulletin boards um and i found myself like i would stop like painting toys I would stop doing commissions to do like these random animal crossing commissions that were not like making me good money but I just like thought it was funny doing it Mm -hmm. so I like then I realized that I um that I I enjoyed it other people enjoyed it so maybe I'm like on to something here And I had kind of shied away from like drawing human like people before. I was mostly drawing like animals and like mythological creatures and stuff. And I really didn't have much of a sense of humor in my work either. And I was like avoiding those things. So I thought that this was like a good opportunity to branch into that. And um, from there, I just I started to try like doing a few drawings um, in this similar ish style to my Animal Crossing stuff. And I would do one for like a group show here and there and they would always sell and people got like really excited about it. People enjoyed my work in this style. So it encouraged me to keep doing it.
0: It definitely kind of reflects a... Um a public persona, I think. You know, you're like you like, you know, you're at least, you know, the way I know you, you're you're pretty fun and, you know, goofy and into weird, nerdy shit, you know. And so it like I I feel like this series of paintings really lend themselves to kind of, you know, showcasing that aspect of your personality. Whereas, like, the works that you had done uh, before um, with the, like, the mythological creature stuff, you know, I mean, it was, it's, it, yeah, it definitely didn't have the sense of humor that, you know, is, you know, obvious, you know, throughout the work that you. These are, like,
2: yeah, they're portraits, too, you know, like, these are the fun, Mm -hmm. because they're portraits, they celebrate uh, anime and manga, and and I just think that's kind of cool, too. But mm-hmm. done in your style, you know.
0: Yeah, very much so. It's yeah. it's not so like, I mean, maybe to like people who don't really like look at, you know, anime art or anything like that. It would I think people who aren't familiar enough with it will look at it and go and think to themselves, "Anime art." But those who of us who, like myself, who spend a lot of time kind of consuming that, you know, media it like it's not like hardcore like trying to you know draw anime style or manga style it's a little more cartoonish it has a it's, it kind of feels like a western lens over an, an an eastern otaku kind of thing but then regurgitated with the a western lens you know to me like like okay you know i i uh, it to a certain degree it reminds me of like that 1990s like hookups um artwork but <laughs> done well because i never liked the hookups artwork like remember, you know what i'm talking about eric like, obviously yeah, I... like they advertised in the back of your magazine yeah. for you know, forever. Yeah. And like, whoever was illustrating that stuff, like they kind of like got it, but their, their, their style was just so heavy handed all over it. And it was just like, Oh, this is really fucking ugly. So there's, two <laughs>
2: people, there's two people that I know of who did that. Um oh, really? e- Early on, there was one person. And then later on, it was a guy named, um is it Sean Cliver? I think he has a book, like an art book. that's just, Here's my skateboard graphics and you know like a big coffee table book, mm. but uh, yeah, in the beginning it was um it was a it was a female who was drawing them. So there there's actually two different eras of it.
0: Oh okay, yeah. 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 I wonder if I could spot the difference between the two.
2: You you'd be able to tell right away.
0: Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two different styles. It's it, I I think that the 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 you know the original the, the maybe the latter style was just so heavy handed. Yeah, with the that line. that was
2: that was that was at uh, so Sean Cliver is his name
0: right but yeah. like meanwhile like with candy your um sensibility for line and form are a lot more I don't know delicate which is kind of like a key aspect of um that style of illustration yeah know. that, that
3: actually one. was very clearly an inspiration to me because I remember seeing the hookups artwork too and thinking like I like them, you know, I like the spirit of it, but sometimes I would look at them and be like, well, this could have been done a little better.
0: <laughs> it's like the, the the hair specifically, the the, the hair and the mm-hmm. eyes is like The eyes
2: much. weren't, yeah, the eyes. I don't, actually, can you talk about the eyes that you've, <laughs> on your characters? They're, they're pretty in- intense on these uh, paintings.
3: Yeah, like yeah. Um, I thought I'd put the most detail into the eyes and into like the Just, I like I I usually do shade. I wanted to do shading and stuff on them, but I also wanted to like cut back on time. So I was like, okay, for the eyes, I'll just like make those really intense. And that's the most important part, anyways. So (laughs) I wanted to focus on that. But actually, like, I think my hair is pretty unique too on my characters because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what compelled me to do it, but I just always do like the, um, like Art Nouveau kind of like needle hair and I like to do like weird like basket weaving like patterns with them and sometimes I do like the hair just like never has an end to it it just like loops around and stuff and I don't know if that's particularly like a good part of my art but I just feel like compelled to do it for some reason so I keep I've been doing that style for a very long time too like I think you can even look back at some of my drawings from like maybe like eight years ago, and I was still doing it then
0: eight
2: years you, ago, yeah, that's a while. Can you talk about well, what like are there certain like i mean anime or manga that you you know that are close that somewhat closely resembles what you're doing like is there something that you're looking at or is it just amalgamation of many things?
3: I think it's an amalgamation but maybe like the the anime that I grew up with and I remember in particular that there seemed to be uh, like when they would do really illustrative versions of the anime characters um, then they had a tendency to do the Art Nouveau style hair sometimes like Record of Lotus War would do that and maybe more of like the um shoujo manga creators would do it too
2: would, so. would that be for like the covers or just like the first few pages Cause sometimes they have that right or it's a little more detailed and all of a sudden it yeah. breaks into really simple one color
3: yeah like the covers or just the art books or something like i think clamp might have kind of done it that too mm-hmm. clamp was an influence for me
0: I like um, all the x stuff right
3: yeah, and I never really super liked their art style, like the way that they drew anatomy. But I, there were definitely parts of their aesthetics that I liked. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: I can never like. I can never really remember any of the, uh, um, the, like the name of the artists. There, the names were just always too complicated and. Like um we were we were, we were talking uh, um on Sunday and I'm like, oh this reminds me of this that one guy who did this thing and you're like, Oh, you mean so and so and I'm like
3: Yes you Amana?
0: Yeah, and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I guess I mean that guy. Um, yeah, but
3: they, I did like a whole speech about him for my Asian art studies class in college. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah, so I'm kinda I'm Yeah, I've always been obsessed
0: with his art. Wow. But wasn't a lot... A lot of that stuff was done with watercolor, too, if I I recall. You know, any thoughts on experimenting with uh, mediums like that? It's kind of... It's a tougher medium because you have to learn to kind of just let go, like, accept the mistakes.
3: Yeah, I don't like using watercolors (laughs) or, like, even using paper because it's too fragile. So... Mm. I mean, I would consider it actually like watercolors. It's one of the first things that I use. My aunt is a really talented watercolor artist. And so she taught me how to use it when I was like, I don't know, like five or six or something. And I remember Mm. experimenting with it then and doing like the salt grain stuff and all of that. Um, So I have used it but I really don't like how that it's like you just have to commit to it and commit to your mistakes and once you make that mistake there's no going back so that's I like having more control I guess even like with these paintings I did for the show I did all of the the sketch digitally and uh, even worked out the colors digitally on my iPad Mm -hmm. using procreate and I did all of that preparation work before moving on to Canvas, because that's how, like, control obsessed I got about it, I guess. Like, I didn't want to make any mistakes or, like, you know, and lose time, because it was kind of, like, nerve-wracking, like, preparing everything for this.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely nerve-wracking. Um...
3: It's one of those things that, like, I just... I have to I'll get better with over time but this is one of the first shows that I did where I was painting a lot of I did a lot of paintings for one show because usually I just do one piece you know so this is Mm -hmm. the first time that I did multiple paintings and first time using canvas so I was just uh yeah just really trying to learn how to do everything and trying not to make mistakes with it
2: Do you have a plan to um, make your characters uh, more narrative in terms of like a scene type of thing? Is that ever, is that even crossing your mind yet? You know, where your character is going to be this big on your canvas that's that big. You know what I'm saying? You'll have, I don't know, backgrounds, neighborhoods, other people. Like, is that a plan yet? Or is it still like, are you still trying to like get your, these giant portraits done?
3: That would be really cool. Um, I guess... Yeah, once I get comfortable with drawing people, then it's like, well, then draw multiple people, and then also after that, then draw backgrounds. You know, and um, I think that's a really cool idea, and I'd like to do that eventually. Like, I think that I'd probably um, like take pictures while I'm in Japan of like konbini and stuff, and then use those like as a reference for a background. Like that kind of stuff sounds fun.
1: Well, I thought about like. Oh, uh,
3: doing stuff like based on memes like there's this uh old computer store in japan that's now closed down but it was called michaelsoft bimbos and i thought that was hilarious there's like a whole documentary about that store because it's like a ridiculous pun and i thought it'd be funny to do like the Microsoft bimbos of like girls that are dressed up like that work at that store <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have done that for the show, but wow. like I'm not good enough at drawing. See, that would involve like drawing multiple characters and a background. So maybe someday.
0: Yeah, I I can't get used to doing backgrounds. This seems like so much work. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I take a lot of inspiration from manga artists and I've learned that a lot of their backgrounds are just done with photographs and they take the photograph and like alter it. So I thought I could do something similar, you know, just take a photograph and then alter it to be like just the black and white line art, you know, and then um, maybe like add whatever colors I want to it add like some airbrushing details to it and then you're done.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, no, um, well, I... I think I I I've, like I remember like watching like a couple documentaries uh, uh, on that, and I think that they, there's also like resource books that manga artists use of like you know draw w- with like line drawings of environments so you can use it as a, um, a as a uh, reference point um to help with vanishing points perspectives and stuff like that too um but you know i'm uh yeah that would be amazing i'd love to see that bimbos would be great you make that happen candy bolton
3: <laughs> should i explain the pun more because it's like sure. bimbos also in japanese bimbo means that you you don't have much money so it's funny because it's like a discount um computer store it's like an extra
0: layer of the pun. I had no idea. I'm glad that you explained yeah. it. I just knew the Western pun, not a bimbo. the uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I
2: used to not, I used to get that confused because uh, when I was a kid, I've heard it and I was always like, I was like, oh, a bimbo, like you know, because I, I they're singing in Japanese and I'm like, that sounds like bimbo, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it just basically like not homeless, I guess exactly, but yeah pretty poor. Yeah, I heard it's and,
3: like a derogatory term. Like, it's not a nice word.
2: I've, I've heard people say it about themselves, you know, like, I'm I was like a bimbo kind mm-hmm. of a thing, but they're saying it in Japanese, but they're kind of making fun of themselves. You know, like, I look like a bimbo type of thing. And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, you're a bimbo. All right. But then, uh, no, they were just they were just kind of broke or haggard that day or something like that. So,
0: yeah. I think well, it would be interesting since you live in Sacramento to use references of your actual, like, you know, hometown. No. To, <laughs> and, and, but like, try and treat it with like the um, aesthetic that you, you know, enjoy. And then like, you know, in, in a weird way, like romanticizing, but kind of also making fun of the um um you know where you really are it's kind of like oh so much sad
3: (laughs) just like embracing who I am and where I'm from but like I I, I mean I live in Sacramento but I feel like it doesn't necessarily like represent me I don't know I don't like have a fondness to it but like yeah, I, I mean, love but going you, to Japan you You visited and traveling the Bay Area to... a
0: lot growing up, right?
3: Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, like, even even using, like, you know, references, uh, reference images from, like, San Francisco, um, you know, like, you know, it would be it funny. To... It sounds terrible. It sounds <laughs> terrible.
2: Terrible
3: <laughs> idea. Yeah.
2: Well, oh, just I... because, put it this way, Candy told me that, well, you went to Japan six times in 2019 or something like that and uh why would you paint the streets of san francisco as your background when you could paint tokyo as your background because the
0: contrast would be interesting the contrast of this kind of like humdrum you know environment you know, but then also doing some of the Japanese stuff in contrast to it, but like dropping these character, these kind of character designs over it or interacting with it, like would be, you know, you know I, don't, I, I would, fi- I would think it was compelling.
2: Luke, that'd be a great idea for your next, your next series.
0: I'm oh, I've been I, I, <laughs> I've been new backgrounds. <laughs> I've been doing I've been taking photos of like you know my area in downtown Los Angeles uh, you know specifically because I think that the uh, I, I, you know incorporating like you know like my living environment into my work you know would be very telling. Um, And then you know dropping like a tiny little you know bear somewhere in the uh, you know you know in these you know it's about like living in los angeles for me because you know i'm just like a small speck in like you know the sprawl that is you know southern california and you know i think that kind of contrast is always is is always interesting it's like you know if if i was a you know if i lived in freaking oh i don't know like you know, some, you know, corn farm in, you know, the Midwest, I think that, you know, like, you know, but I drew, like, you know, anime characters, like, kind of, like, that kind of contrast of, like, Hicksville, but, you know, otaku culture, you know, would be interesting to me. I don't know. Do it. (laughs) Do it. <laughs> I don't, I, I, but I don't draw. But A, I don't live, you know. I mean, like, I, I think, all, uh, you know, every artist creates artwork that isn't, you know, um, in some, you know, at least the most interesting artworks are in some way autobiographical. And, um, you know, like, you know, if you are, you know, like unsatisfied with living where you live, then you should illustrate that. You should let people like share, you know, like that because there's people out there who aren't, uh, who are just as miserable in their environments and to see artwork that kind of communicates in one form or another, that lack of satisfaction, you know, like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, looking at glamour shots of in, on Instagram, like who gives a fuck, you know? Um, it's like, great, you're having a great fucking life. Go fuck yourself, please. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know? show, show me maybe find, like,
0: you know, show there. me something like <laughs> show me show me something real, you know, show me something that you're really feeling, you know instead of like, mm, look at me, I'm you know mom blah, 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 I'm doing this with this person, and it's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those oh,
2: speaking assholes. of um speaking of a uh, uh social media just a little bit you started doing reels and i guess candy you've been doing reels or is that is that mm-hmm. right yeah well and tiktoks th- yeah. yeah yeah talk about that it seems like you put decent amount of effort into it whereas yeah uh, yeah uh
1: well you know
3: while you're painting and stuff you're already doing it so it's like you may as well film it Sometimes I'm not in the mood to film it and it kind of like makes things like more difficult because then you have to be worried of like, does this actually look good? Like, is it going to look satisfying if I'm filming it like this? And then you have to like set up the lighting and stuff. But uh, when I'm like in the mood to do it, then I just take random little videos of my, uh, whatever I'm doing and then try to put it together and do like an interesting montage of the whole process and I did that for the majority of my paintings for this show I think like almost all of them and they seem to do pretty well I post them on TikTok and then reposted them on Instagram as reels and then shortly after i got the email from instagram saying that i can actually make money from it so that only just started like very recently i think with like my last couple of reels that i posted and i actually made some money off of it so it's like okay awesome. i guess i'll i'll keep doing this it's not a lot but yeah, any bit helps
0: mhm mhm yeah um i i start um I started posting reels myself simply because um, my former um, studio mate Karen Karen Shao or Miso uh, was doing it, and she was she does a lot of TikTok stuff too of like her painting her sculptures and stuff, and she was monetizing it, and making a little bit of extra money from it. And I was like, like I, I resisted it for so fucking long. I was just like, oh my god, this is terrible because like you see people doing like you know um these videos and like they're 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 doing like really nice quick cuts from several different angles and it's all like nicely lit or it's at least like well lit and it just seems like i don't know like you know, like, so when, when you're like documenting your stuff, Candy, do you have like, a, like a, tripod, a, a tripod and a ring light set up and you start recording, go to the canvas, start working, and then after a while turn around and um, go back to the, ca- um, the camera and turn it off?
3: yeah so I well I first started doing this when I was like customizing toys but for the canvases then I set up my whole garage to kind of be like a studio for that so that it's easy to film I have like the whole like mat thing on the ground um and then like a backdrop and then I have my ring light in there I have multiple tripods and yeah so I'll set all that up but then once you have it set up then it's easy to like just you know get a bunch of them out there and done
0: so are you doing it all with one device are you using it with your phone for it or
3: yeah you... i'm only using my phone to record
0: mm-hmm. and that's an apple phone
3: yeah do you just use your phone
0: mm-hmm. yeah just so the trick that i learned um that um and i learned it through i i i learned it through making reels and um was that if you're taking live photos it l- records two seconds of video footage and so like i can just like hold the i'm, I'm left handed off and so i will hold the phone with my right hand and i'll put it like r- you know around the area that i want to document and then i'll like you know, grab my brush with my left hand and I'll, as soon as I start, you know, moving my brush around, I'll just start taking pictures and Um, then, um, I'll just, you know, like, you know, a a way to view the, the live footage is when you go into photos, just press on the photo and it'll like play the, a loop of the, um, the the two second loop.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, um, it was easy in instagram because i could just drop them immediately right after taking them into the, the the story and um you know a bunch of two second you know clips adds up after a while but um then i was like having weird issues where it's like it was just like re- registered as a photograph rather than as a two second video clip and i found out that oh you can just open up like you know, one of the option buttons and it'll, and save that live photo as a two second video. video. Yeah. And then it's like to start like just dropping a whole bunch of them in there. And apparently two seconds is plenty, um, to kind of convey the amount of uh, the information that you, you know, want to convey because you know, we're all like, and
2: your video ends up being like 10 seconds, right. Or something. So Um,
0: that's enough. You know, to like, cause you know, if you if you do it like a ten or fifteen second video, it's like it's plenty. You know, people, you know, like, you know, you could you could essentially force people to sit through the entire thing and then before they swipe to the next one.
3: Yeah, and, the quick cuts are really good, like because people get bored so quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so many, like, do like I spend a lot of time now. Um, like at least especially like before the the before I go to bed just kind of thumbing through TikTok videos and if it doesn't catch me in the first 5 seconds I'm next you know and mm-hmm. um I do that uh, too
2: a lot too like sometimes I'm like okay you're making a point but you're not getting to the point then I'm like okay you know what I'm not going to let you and I bail yeah, yeah. you it's know like, what I'm saying
0: failed next yeah <laughs> so Yeah, and um, you know, the monetization aspect of it was is definitely reinforces me wanting to make more. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I
3: I you could set up a tripod and just like film the whole thing or like do a time lapse. Have you thought of doing that?
0: Yes and no, Um, no because I have tried doing that like if people watch the way i paint i think they'd be really disappointed <laughs> but a time
2: lapse would kind of make it condensed so you might not even see you know you might not even notice it'll just you're watching the piece get done but then sure. that's a bit that's a long time lapse you need like oh, a, they- that
3: you can like speed up the time lapse, even. I just show like the yeah. first part of time lapse and then do like the end part of it. It's just content, you know, and you don't have to be consciously filming. You just set it up and like then you work. So I find that,
2: and that helps. that's a Go. Is that a GoPro? Like, do you have a GoPro for that or do you still no, use your no. phone? Yeah, I just you can
1: use do my that with phone.
3: your
2: phone. But then you can't use your phone. Like, if you,
1: you
3: know, yeah, but your you're painting, phone. you're working. Anyways. That's true. Okay. Yeah, it forces you to like focus on the work
0: oh i see i get it See, it looks like no 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 looks like no 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 no. (laughs) uh no that's actually a great idea that's a great idea because i kind of like the reason why i'm apprehensive of doing it is because it would like be two thirds of the video would be me just hunched over staring at my phone
1: but you can't
3: do that if your phone's recording
0: right so maybe like that can help me like you know well I'm you know I don't know we'll see we'll see I I I have the setup I I have uh, like you know I've invested in ring lights and all kinds of tripods and stuff like that so you know maybe that'll like maybe I'll I'll try making that next just condense like you know hours and hours and hours of like work and procrastination into like you know 20 seconds
3: and Mm -hmm. you know you could do it like for when you're doing the backgrounds because like that would be really satisfying to like see the gradient happen Mm. you know and it's also like it's not very it's not super like detail oriented so it would probably like you probably do it like pretty quickly
0: Mm. i think yeah. I did I, I did a time lapse live painting once um when I was in Singapore a couple of years ago and um you know I've I've revisited it because I've like have it pinned in my um my Instagram and I'm like oh it came out pretty good. That's pretty cool, you know. But um yeah, yeah I'll think about that. Good good idea, Candy Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So like what, what else have you got coming up? Uh, Candy. Uh
3: well as soon as I get back, I need to work on stuff for a show at Black Pearls Gallery that's in Japan. I forgot, I, I think it's in Tokyo. I forgot where it's specifically, but um it's uh they sent me a bunch of their toy to paint. The toy's called Happy, but it's like H A P Y. It's yeah. a very trendy toy right now and I painted that same toy um I think around like April last year and I mm. did um it looks like kind of like a cupid doll but then it has like oni horns and I painted it with like sakura flowers but kind of in the way that it looks like it has like a tattoo bodysuit and those are oh. like really yeah. popular and mm. people keep reposting them even like i like that i think there's a few collectors that just like keep taking photos of them and posting them and i so i get to like repost them in my stories every now and then um and then i even heard from the gallery they said that one of them was stolen from them at the gallery so they want me to paint another one to like replace the one that was stolen
0: are they paying you for the stolen one
3: yeah, they are, and, um, and so I'm doing one to replace that one, and then also a new painted series of them. I think I might do something similar-ish because people liked that style so much, and I only did like, I don't know, like five of them, so not many people got like a chance to get it. And they also want me to send over some of my own toy, um, some of my own toys, um, and uh, a, a painting too. And cool. the theme of this show is, like, it uh, um, wasn't recycling, but I forgot it was something similar to that. And I don't know how I can really work with the theme, but I'm going to think about it. I have to actually start on it, like, really soon. Like, I should be doing sketches of it, like, while I'm here, or at least be thinking about it.
0: But you're relaxing. You need, you need, you need to, uh, to decompress.
3: Yeah. Like, today, I didn't really do anything. And then we so. went out for ramen and that was like all I did.
0: Did you go to uh, Sujita?
2: <laughs> no, we went to yeah. Venice, Venice ramen. It's called hmm. Venice ramen. Yeah. We went with Mari Inukai who like,
0: I guess she's been there before. Oh yeah. yeah. Was it good?
2: That was good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And highly recommended good.
2: Uh, very, I don't know. I would say it's very good. I don't know. Highly mm-hmm. recommended. What's highly recommended in ramen for you?
0: Like oh Is you gotta me? fucking try this place it's <laughs> fucking boom
2: no 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 I mean where where wh- would that be for you like where would you talk? I, I only well, could, obviously I can only recommend... think of I can only think of Tokyo like ramen places I actually in Japan but I can't right. think of anything in America except maybe Tsujita for the you know Tsukemen yeah, I would That's recommend it. I would yeah.
0: recommend Tsujita um yeah. I I've, I've had people recommend Silver Lake Ramen for me uh to me haven't tried it yet um me think ramen yeah. it's it's a that's
2: it's so hard it is it is yeah
0: like even like uh, but i also like the annex the, the sujita annex which you don't like
2: yeah i don't like it and,
0: yeah. <laughs> and um i would recommend that one just because you know it's a style of ramen that is mm. kind of you really can't find much of you know. super
2: fatty, super fatty, right? Like it's super oily fatty. fatty. Yeah. 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 Candy, so- how's ramen in um, Sacramento or Sacramento? I'm saying it wrong. There's no, there's <laughs> so no tea need in to it.
3: Talk about that. Um, are there any Japanese ramen chains that are here that you know of? Like, do they have Afuri?
2: They do have an Afuri in uh, uh, East uh, downtown LA. Yeah. So there, there's an Afuri ramen, but you like Afuri and which, which Afuri do you like?
3: uh like which one in japan
2: oh i don't know there's one in um silicon valley
3: i just know that it's a chain in japan so i'm interested in trying it here too
2: okay so i i went and i'm disappointed i love afri ramen i love afri ramen i've been eating at those for 10 years in japan that's mm -hmm. like my you know place i like and uh no here no Hmm. no are there some other
3: chains that are like i don't i don't i
2: don't don't recommend that one at all uh in Uh, my opinion yeah, but I was very disappointed. It, but, well, but it's in the arts district. Up? Arts district somewhere. There's there's an Afuri Ramen there.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: there's one in the arts district. There's another one that's a chain that uh, I forgot the name, and it's a huge chain in Japan. People love it there. There's one in Orange County, and I forgot the name of it. Um, it's and um, I heard that place sucks. <laughs> so no, no. Uh, so from what I understand, the Afuri Ramen here in Los Angeles, evidently is um the similar experience to the afuri ramen there's one in portland and uh and there's one in silicon valley and i hear that okay those three are similar but they're to me they were nothing like what i had in japan like very very far off in my opinion so uh yeah
0: no i'd rather eat what i eat today
2: by far mm.
0: yeah yeah but do you think he just had an off day though i mean like people are allowed to have off days no no, no,
2: uh, that's that. That was their best, man, and that's it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I've eaten Afuri ramen so many times in Japan, and it's this one was just way far off, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, and also like you notice in America, the temperature of ramen is uh, uh, not hot. Like they don't make hot ramen like they right. do in Japan. I don't. Did you notice that candy? Yeah. In, in general, the heat. It's it's not hot.
0: Yeah, I, I say the same thing about uh like xiaolongbao out here. Like you go to Din Tai Fung and you you know eat the the soup dumplings um what it, when they were originally at the original Arcadia location, uh they were hot
2: as hot. hot as fuck. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, yeah, like burn yeah. the fucking your entire fucking mouth hot. It's just and, like eating uh, a hot, it's
2: like eating a piping hot pizza, right? It'll burn your everything and yeah. It, yeah it's, it's just like that.
0: The, awesome. the, it's a delicious burn, you know. But the thing is, is uh, well, you but you have I, to
2: you bite the hole and you let it cool off for a second, right? That's sort of part hey, of it. Now you can yeah. just swallow the whole thing.
0: Yep, right, right, right. When they serve it to you, and I think yeah. it's because too many people were getting burnt. Too many people getting burnt. Mm. I'm like, oh, They're afraid
3: of getting sued.
0: I'm uh, I'm getting burnt. I'm going to sue you guys.
2: You I, is that, I wonder if that's why the ramen in America generally is not hot enough. It's like that everywhere. It's sort of like I'm like, oh, it's not that hot. Even the ramen we ate today could have. I thought it should have been hotter. You know, that's always what I run into everywhere.
0: Right. Yeah. I think maybe I wonder if you can like ask them like, make sure the ramen's hot. (laughs) You know, there, there. Did you have you seen the new Kids in the Hall uh, on Amazon?
2: No, I've never seen the old Kids in the Hall either. Actually,
1: what?
0: Wait, what? 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 I never watched it. I know what it is. I never watched it. Oh, Eric, so much disappointment. Kids in the Hall is okay. the best. It's okay. I loved Kids in the Hall, but there was a skit about, you know, things being hot, hot. And, you know, but, you know, not being hot, hot, you know, and um, it's something like that. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if you can, like, like, when you order from certain, like, ramen places that care uh, about their product, if you can, like, like, say, can you please make this hot, hot? like hot hot not like you know give it three minutes to sit after it's prepared to you know become you know safe to you know (laughs) safe to marvel with (laughs) (laughs) i wonder we should try that next time I, i i go to a ramen place i'll ask make it hot hot please awesome and you know and i'll and i'll report in and i'll say like nope yeah, they don't do that,
2: right? Let's Candy, what are your, what are the other spots you go to in in Japan, especially for food? Where do you go? Because I know, okay, uh, so you that means you've eaten at Afuri Ramen in Japan, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really like Ichiran, and I know that's kind of like fast foodish ramen. Like some people are just like, oh, that's very like. There's just so many tourists there, but I like it. Um, I even get like I buy the box of it like the dried ramen you know from amazon and um the instant you know i still i buy that um and have that,
2: i've seen that at the markets here actually Oh, uh, it's
3: here i should yeah, like i've seen buy it. some and fly back with it.
1: <laughs> oh we can yeah. do that
3: Yeah. okay yeah i like ichiran um because you can customize the broth so like if it's bad then it's your fault probably And you can add, like, extra egg and chashu and stuff. The chashu actually, Ichiran, is just, like, it's just okay. It's just there. But um, my other favorite is, I think it's Tanaka Sobaten, and it's in Akihabara, and they have, like, amazing chashu. That's the best part of it. Um, Also, the broth is really good.
1: Cool.
3: Yeah, I think awesome. there's one more. Like I forgot the name, but it's a chain and it's really common. And I forgot the name of it, but I used to go there too. I forgot it. It's been too long now. It's been like yeah, over two years since I've been there.
2: There's a, um, did you did you eat at Rokurinsha? Did you ever try that? No. Is that that's a, a chain also? But they have tsukemen and then they um they actually have one at Haneda Airport. So if you're, Uh. if you're leaving Haneda, like from Haneda airport, they actually have one there. So you can actually get that and it's Tsukemen. So it's, it's kind of like how I figured out that Tsujita is pretty legit because it's sort of similar, Mm. you know, like like at first I thought, oh, Tsujita is kind of like some really Americanized fake thing. I I had no idea. And then I had Rokudincha and I was like, oh, there's a similarity in flavor. So then I realized, oh, Tsujita is pretty legit. So yeah, very cool.
3: Where are
2: they? That's, oh, there's a Tsujita close by. Rokudinsha, though is all over the I think there's a bunch in Tokyo. Don't they don't know. have any of those here. There's none. But that's that's know. like kind of like I think the, the standard a high, a high standard for um tsukimen in Japan. Unlike the place you mentioned, Luke. Daikoku <laughs> <laughs> Where they use
1: the that, same uh, ramen uh, broth.
2: Uh, you know, <laughs> they just well,
0: they just deconstruct the ramen. Yeah, it's just deconstructed ramen it's like you know soup on the side um ramen it's sad it's yeah you know what so one,
2: one one thing we could have done or did is uh, if we did this podcast it would have been interesting after seeing the murakami show which we're going to see what in a couple days mm-hmm. or possibly but yeah then cuz we haven't seen it but i'm kind of wondering what you <laughs> what we could talk about that but I was like oh yeah we didn't see it
0: yet we should put <laughs> we should do a, like an instagram live um, oh yeah. Uh, while we're there, you know, and sure. just like broadcast ourselves um, uh, on the our on the robot and the bear uh, live from live from
2: the broad bathroom. <laughs> robot and the
0: bear. Robot and the bear. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. It's just it's just the bear right now, but we'll get the robot on soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um, yeah we should, well, I, that's one of the things that I had been meaning to do with um, with the Instagram was to do more like live stuff, um, you know when' we're, especially like at your openings and stuff and um, you know talk to people and, you know are you
2: gonna do that? Put people on the spot. Hey, what do you think? you know like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah <laughs>
0: basically, you know, just to like make them feel really uncomfortable but you know um but you know i i, I eventually I, I, it's it's tough it's it, it, like social media is is so hard i'm um you know because it, because it's literally like a, a job in itself
2: sure how often do you post candy uh
3: well when it's really bad i only post like once every two weeks i think it's like particularly hard for artists because we're we tend to be introverts and it's really hard to want to be like, look at what I'm doing. Isn't it so cool? And like doing self-promotion. It's really hard because I just get in a mood where I feel like everything that I'm doing looks terrible and I don't want to show it to anyone and I'm just like unmotivated, like to even like just barely work on my artwork. And then to also like, you know, take a good picture of it and post it and to show it to people like sometimes that's too much for me so uh i really struggle with it like i try to at least post like once a week or something if not more like especially when i'm doing an event or promoting something or like you know doing like selling stuff online like right now actually i um minted some of my first nft that released Ooh. um this Saturday to celebrate the opening of the eternal ephemera show. And so those were released. I've done kind of a bad job at promoting those. I need to do their job That's at fine. it, but
2: you, you, you posted a lot of stuff relatively though. So
3: I guess, I don't yeah. know. I feel like I could do better, but it's, it's asking a lot because it's like, I'm, creating the artwork and like doing all of like the logistics behind that, like shipping and everything. And then I also have to promote myself and like uh, doing like mailing lists, sending stuff out to blogs, you know, like I should be doing all of that and um, I'm not. And then I feel bad when I don't. So it's like uh, just the whole cycle of feeling bad about myself. And that's why I struggle with like constantly. Oh, tell, tell me <laughs> about the It's actually like torture. Tell uh, the t- <laughs> So I have um, six one of ones that I released that are the paintings that were at the show, minus the nurse girl, um, because that one was finished very last minute, um, and I think I have three sold already. So there's only four left. But um, it's not just the NFT, you get physical rewards, there's utility to them. So I'm just kind of feeling out if people are interested in buying my NFTs in general. So anyone who buys my one of one NFTs will automatically get every NFT that I release from here on out for free. And they will also get Uh a print of the artwork that they, uh, you know, that is the NFT that they purchased, that it's that image. And they also get a custom keepsake, and I give them like this little Google Doc to fill out, and they can specify like what color they want it to be and like what imagery they want on it, and I'll paint it for them.
1: Mm. it's a lot. And then I, a, a I, also lot have. Of perks.
3: Yeah, and then I also have another um, NFT that is a free one it's free and you just have to pay like the minting cost for it and this will be available to mint for the next well it's available to mint for a period of seven days so starting on Saturday and it ends on the next Saturday and um, you can pick like whichever you can wait for like the the gas price fees to be cheapest for when you want to mint it like I know one person said that they minted it and it only cost them two dollars to do it and what they get is like, um, it the NFT itself is kind of like a, a flyer promotion for the show. It's it has my artwork on it, and then they also get entered into a lottery for a chance to win a print of mine.
2: Wow! Awesome.
0: Value wow. added. More yeah. value added. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Right, were you working with someone to like develop like a smart contract or anything like that, or were you did it, did, uh, were you going with like a, a straightforward contract that, um, like you know, that say like wearable wearable or um, or OpenSea uh, offer?
3: My collection, um, the one of one collection, is on OpenSea, and the other one has its own minting page, but. I'm working with a company that helped me mint it. um, And we're just kind of working and seeing like, if this is something that I want to do more of, if they want to work with me more. So yeah, I'm really just like feeling it out to see if this is something that I want to get into.
0: Are the uh, NFTs, since you created the the foundation of the paintings that you um, are showing right now um, from, Um, procreate are these nfts of the actual digital files the procreate files or are they of photos of the paintings
3: they're actually photos of the paintings and i had asked them if they wanted to use the digital artwork just to like make it distinct from the paintings but Mm -hmm. um, they wanted it to be the actual paintings and in this case it kind of works out because the print that they're receiving is also like the exact same image Mm, okay
1: yeah
0: i've been um i have some ideas uh for the utility aspect uh, of nfts that i would like to you know try and you know figure out how to do but i i'm not even sure if like, what I want to happen is even possible. Um, like what? So for a utility, I want people to who own the NFT um, to have exclusive access to being able to purchase a physical print. So even if it's traded, sold to an, another person, that person can be able to purchase a print of that NFT directly from me, you know, um, as opposed to just giving it to the first to, to the person who originally buys it, you know? And maybe there could be limitations like, oh, you, you know, each, you know, owner um, of said NFT has, is limited to 10 prints of it. So they have the monopoly of that print. And so they can be able to, but they have to buy them directly from me. So you know, no matter what, I can be able to continue making money off of the NFT, not just on the um, royalty. The royalty, but yeah. you know, for people who want to like you know, and then those people can make money off the prints by reselling the prints to you know people who would be interested in having you know their you know that image as a print you know, I don't know. If someone knows how, if I could be able to do that, contact me. <laughs> <laughs> LukeChu at gmail.com.
2: <laughs> so, um, Candy, what, what, did you have fallout from doing an NFT?
3: Yeah, there was someone who posted in my Discord that they, they did not like that I, you know, started doing this. Um, and I think I lost some followers on Instagram as well. I haven't even, like, very, like, directly posted about it. I haven't been very heavy handed about the advertising of it on Instagram, because I'm aware that that space looks upon it very negatively. So I've mostly been promoting it like on Twitter and on my discord. And um, yeah, but it's it's still a controversial thing. And I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And people are trying to demonize it so there's a lot of uh negativity around it yeah depending on like what space you're like talking about it in and what platform
0: what kind of um misinformation do you think is being spread amongst uh your fan base um about nfts well,
3: I don't know if It's my fan base in particular, but just the NFT space in general. But I know that a big talking point is about how much uh, like energy they use. And I think that it's fair to criticize the energy use of NFTs, but I think that um, the numbers that they throw out there are very exaggerated. And in most cases, they're talking about the blockchain as a whole And not just NFTs. So, if you're criticizing the energy use of the blockchain, then you should also be like, you should also be criticizing like cryptocurrency along with the NFTs. And also, in general, though, like if you're going to split hairs about like, well, this is bad for the environment because it uses electricity, then it's like, well, A lot of things use electricity. (laughs) Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure like everyone's using a bunch of electricity right now. And actually like even just posting a tweet, posting something on Instagram, that all has its cost as well. So if you're against energy use, like uh, Twitter uses a lot of energy, Facebook uses a lot of energy, you know, everything has its cost. And so you have to like pick your battles, I think.
2: I wonder why it got that way, though. It's just so weird, you know. Like, that's I just, think it's, it's just like just so
3: the weird. the only negative thing that they could find about it, so people jumped on it. But yeah, it's funny it's... because, like, I saw an artist that was um, getting some heat for it, and they're like, "Why? Like, people are being negative about it and commenting and saying like Why would you do this? Why can't you just release a print instead?" And it's funny because, like, uh, a print is, like, ink on paper, paper that was a tree. And then you package the print and you, like, put it in a cardboard box and then you ship it. It goes on a truck, you know, it burns fossil fuels and then it goes on a plane and then it gets on another truck and then it gets delivered to you. So it's like, which. And then you frame it using more wood.
2: You frame it using more wood.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah yeah and it's like if you break it down though like uh consumerism sucks and always has a downside so it's like that's the bottom line you know an NFT is more just consumerism capitalism and yeah buying goods and selling goods and there will always be a negative side to that
0: Uh, yeah yeah well Um, said well said for sure uh people you know if you don't want to like something they'll 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 always find a reason not to like it um so yeah i i don't i haven't heard i've had a couple of the nft releases but i've never really heard too much um they're scared of you
2: i don't know They just probably know that you're gonna say "fuck you," I don't give a fuck, or you're gonna, you know, like I think your response might be like, your response might be something like that. I think they they can already picture your face going, "I don't care, fuck you, I don't care," you know. (laughs) I I think they might try to say something to Candy because maybe they'll think, "Oh, she's gonna get upset." Perfect, I'll say it, you know, or I'll make Uh. her upset. But Luke, I think you have the D D G A F thing going on. So what's that? Don't give a fuck.
0: You know? oh. well, like I mean,
2: you know what I'm saying, like I have a feeling it's like what you're gonna say something bad about Luke, and you're just gonna look at it and go, "Well, too bad. Delete." You know, <laughs> I'm 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 gonna unfollow you first. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I just picture these the way you would handle it and would be like that. You know, I'm gonna go to Kazanori and I'm gonna co- go to Kazonori and eat some hand rolls. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> Bye.
0: You know, like. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna take that ETH. I'm gonna freaking like you know sit on it and hope that it actually makes money. <laughs> yeah, there we go, and of course it won't. But anyways, guys, I I do have to yeah. I, I'm yeah. get back to work. But um, yeah, let's uh let's try and do a uh and a um what' call it a an Instagram live Instagram live at the Murakami show at the Murakami, Murakami <laughs> show. It'll yeah. be fun. All right, you know, and we we'll we'll, we'll talk about how we feel about it and maybe i'll won't say some nice things it'll be it'll be funny oh, no. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's awesome. you know i i I would only critique because of how much i love you know it's if, if i didn't really give a shit about it then you know i don't have anything to say it's not even worth <laughs> talking <laughs> anyways guys cool all right um it's uh it's good to, uh, when was the last time we did one of these about a year yeah a year ago <laughs> i don't know oh my gosh one? it's been the, i, I it's don't know been, if it, i
2: don't know if it's been that long a little less like than that, like but...
0: i'm trying to think of when the kelly sucks show was yeah
2: maybe it was uh less than a year ago okay yeah. so
0: that was last year kelly sucks was last year yeah oh my gosh well, congratulations, Candy Bolton. You br- you you brought us back from from the dead.
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: All righty, guys. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Um, oh,
2: and do people follow both of your Instagrams? Should people do that?
3: They can. <laughs>
2: what's what's the second one everyone knows the first one right it's just candy bolton
3: yeah it's just my name candy bolton and then i have a personal account but i like it's not private anything anyone can follow me on there and i don't even remember what it is It's like candy b like underscore on instagram yeah
2: Mm. and where do they find you on open just candy bolton
3: yeah i think if they just search my name but if they want they can go to my twitter and it has all the information oh. there yeah
2: and your twitter
1: down, is
3: my twitter. candy bolton. Uh, i mean if you search candy bolton you'll find it i think it might be like candy underscore bolton
2: okay because Luke got the candy Bolton with no underscore, but don't tell him. Yes,
0: it. I grabbed that one. I'm like, someday she's going to want this.
3: Uh, thanks a lot.
0: That's <laughs> like how I own at, uh, at giant robot. But. Oh, I th- we
2: don't even have the Twitter for that. It's, we have giant underscore robot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you are verified there, right, Derek? I think so.
2: The person who has giant robot, we actually met them before, and they wouldn't give it to us. So, wow. dicks. Yeah, but I mean, we I met them in like long, long, long ago. But yeah. Oh well.
0: I wonder if they're using it. Probably. Badly. Probably.
2: Anyway, okay. Badly.
1: <laughs> 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 Anyways, our
0: right. Cool. Cool. Have a
1: good. Have a good guys. evening. We'll see
2: you soon.
0: Yes. Okay. You guys, have a good night. Thank you, and thanks for tuning in.
2: See you later.